the issue of timing in financial services, and particularly in trading, first came to the fore more than a decade ago. Systems were getting faster and faster, and people realised that they could gain an advantage using one system over another. As people realised that the telephone pathways um, were not fixed, and that you could optimise one telephone pathway over another, and that would mean that your signal could arrive much faster than someone who was competing. So in the US in particular, the exchanges developed a business where those which were closest to the centre of trading, such as in Chicago or in New York, would receive the intention to trade very early. And that were able to then sell that to other parties who then used very fast low latency lines to race to another venue which they knew that party was hoping to buy a stock at. They would then buy the stock and sell it to them for a margin and repeat that all day long. And it was a very, very lucrative business and still exists to some extent in the US today. But the way you describe that straightforwardly feels like it's almost insider trading. Well, it's been, that's a subject of debate in the US. What the, um, you would have thought that someone's uh, confidence in trading on an exchange would be affected by not, them not keeping uh, the, their intention to trade confidential. But that, in fact, is not the case. What happened is, is that people went to exchanges where they were able to trade with no commissions and gave up uh, the information. Um, so it was, in retrospect, a slightly naive development on the part of people who were actually trading. And that's 10 years ago. Yeah. Let's come up to date with, with a security breach, effectively a security breach at the Bank of England. This involves a time gap of huge proportions. It's, we're not, we're, I mean, it's eight seconds, but it's huge in terms of what we're talking about. Yes, in terms of um, automated trading, eight seconds uh, is an enormous amount of time. They're used to uh, making arbitrage of 100 uh, microseconds. So effectively what's happened is I think it, the issue is, is similar to front-running, but, but also slightly different. I mean, what's happened is, what's similar, is that the Bank of England is paying attention to when the data is released and not when it arrives at a sensitive location. In that sense, it's similar to what happened with the front-running traders. But they've also got the issue here that they've got different media um, and the latency of different media involved. So the latency arises is that the audio feed, because it's um, a simpler, lighter feed, will arrive eight seconds before the video feed, which is being sent out through Bloomberg. So if the uh, Bank of England intends to raise interest rates or to lower them or to keep them the same, certain parties who've paid for access to that audio feed will know a full eight seconds before everyone else, and they'll have preset all of their responses and pick the one that they think most fits uh, the information and they'll have an advantage. Now whether anyone has gained significant advantage is still the subject of speculation and investigation by the Bank of England. But what this proves is that time really is worth money. Oh, yes. Time is money. Well it proves that you need, um, people overlook, they think of latency um, uh, analysis and latency signatures as luxuries that don't really necessarily affect them. But the fact is that the smart people who make uh, money from these advantages um, have very accurate timing. They understand very precisely how big an advantage they have and they understand not just what the time is where they are locally, but they also understand what happens uh, effectively 
the at the different trading points and venues just how much advantage they have and how much more quickly they can arrive and execute there than their rivals. So how do we track time? How do we know when we are where we are? Well, there is a standard which is called universal time, which is a, a consensus of the different standards institute around the world. I mean, examples being NPL in the UK or NIST in the US, um, and that's available on GPS. So it is perfectly possible for uh, different venues to be synchronised to that time. These are uh, uh, atomic clocks? Yeah, no, this is, this is a satellite thing, and you would put atomic clocks into those venues. But the issue is, is that you now have cloud computing, where there are many, many different locations. Sometimes you won't even know where those locations are. And of course, they, it's in the cloud. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, they don't necessarily all share the same time. So what you have is a fragmentation of time in trading records. I mean, just as an example, if you have a clock that is two milliseconds fast and it's dealing with a, a server somewhere else which is two milliseconds slow and there's only one millisecond of transit time between the two servers, the records will show you that clock B, which was receiving the transaction, actually executed before clock A that started it and that will be repeated millions of times around the world and that's why you have the MIFID regulations insisting that all of these uh, different devices need to be synchronized so that the records make sense and can reconstruct faithfully what's happened. And th that is all about market confidence and holding people to account for what their automated machines do. There is going to be a lot of money involved in this, or a lot of money riding on it. Yes, well, the, it, you've find that the high-frequency traders have invested enormous amounts in infrastructure in terms of uh, lines, uh, optimizing routes, building microwave towers, installing uh, fast processing kit. There is a huge Can I amount. shorten my cable? Exactly. Enormous amount of infrastructure change. Um, and the idea is that the, uh, the timing um, uh, advantage is well understood by them. But if you begin to synchronize all these points, um, then it's perfectly possible for you to manage not just when you uh, release information, but also you can stagger and adjust the latency so you can also manage when it arrives at sensitive points. And that's something that's been adopted to a certain extent uh, in the US. And I think the Bank of England is going to need to start thinking of doing something similar with their sensitive information. It's not just when you release it, it's managing when it arrives at sensitive points where it could actually be used for trading advantage. We're talking about time and timing. What is the service that you offer for this? Um, we've uh, produced traceable time as a service, which means that we can do in software what is in the past has had to be done in hardware. One of the reasons why synchronization, which as we've just discussed, is very, very um, important and valuable, isn't universally uh, implemented, is that clocks cost a lot of money to install at many locations. They take a lot of time to manage and keep correct, and the records that they produce have also got to be stored. So we believed that there was an opportunity to create time as a service, which removes the need for hardware, allows you to share the access to the atomic clocks, and produces automated records that are verified. Um, time as a so There are a few hours of my time I'd like to get back if I can buy them back. Well, <laughs> but I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, it's not. And so, so that is. So we've installed that into uh, different timing hubs around the world. We've in integrated it into uh, low latency networks, and it's something you can simply subscribe to now.
now. So if you've uh, if you have uh, an issue with terms of your latency between venues, we can actually simplify do it for you in software rather than you having to invest in any hardware infrastructure. What ultimately, when I install this, does it allow me to do? When you 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 say traceable time. What am I tracing? Yeah, what's important is that everyone is wearing a wristwatch and every wristwatch tells a time. But which one of those times is true? <laughs> the only way that you are able to show that you have the true time is through what they call the uh, unbroken chain of comparisons, which means that you have to go back to a trusted source, and the trusted source is the, the UTC, the universal standard, which mm. comes from the different standards bodies around the world. So the unbroken chain of comparisons is you take the, a, a trusted source, you then send it to different points, and at each of those locations you show that you have synchronized with that trusted source, and you, that verified chain is then taken down to the server, so the server has traceable time. And any time anyone questions a timestamp on that server, you'll be able to say, well, here is my unbroken chain of comparisons back to the NPL or the NIST or to the GPS feed, which shows that I had accurate time. You show me your traceable time uh, sequence, and then we'll compare timing. If someone has a traceable time source, then they can prove they're right. If someone just otherwise, you just have the time and you can't prove anything. And this gives us a reliable timing, which builds trust in markets, builds trust between buyers and sellers, builds trust with investors and clients. Yes, it allows you to show verified sequence and interval in your data records, which allows you to prove that the outcomes that your data records claim to have executed are true.